Happy Bicentennial. Happy Bicentennial. Oh, is it Bicentennial? This is our 200th episode. Yeah. Is it Bicentennial? Oh. Yeah. There will be no Bicentennial erasure on Homophilia <laughs> this week. We've done it! We've done episode. it. What a journey. What a ride. It does feel like we just started this yesterday in some ways. In another way, it feels like we've been doing it for 100 years. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. It's become an important and a valuable part of my life. Matt McConkie, yeah, as have same. you. Same. So happy 200th. Um, and happy Pride. It was Pride weekend uh, over this past weekend in Los Angeles, which we realized late Sunday. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there were street gatherings and whatnot, but uh, we didn't we didn't go. Did you? I didn't do a thing. No, I mean I watched some people on Instagram hanging out at Rocco's. But uh, great. No, I didn't. I didn't do a thing. Great. What more do you need? Um, I kept my pride inside. Also, uh, I spent the entire listening uh, weekend listening to uh, Solar Power by Lord over and over again. It's the only song I have time for. I love it so much. It reminds me of everything that I loved in 1992, and I, and I, I'm, I'm totally obsessed with it. And I sent you the video. And you I know I video. don't know what's wrong with that. You sent me the video days ago. I responded with the exclamation point. You know, you gave me thing. exclamation points, and uh, you emphasized it. I emphasized it, meaning like I'm so excited it's, it's here, and then somehow got sidetracked. Never actually went back. We. In today's interview, we also talked about mm-hmm. it at length. Even after hearing you guys talk about it, I still haven't watched it. I don't know what's wrong with uh, me. Why must you reject joy? Uh, it is, it's fabulous. The video is great. The song is great. I'm completely obsessed with it. I can't get enough. I'm like listening to it on repeat uh, like, like I would do in high school. I, uh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's going to be a great summer for music. I can't wait. Cannot wait. wait. Speaking of music. Oh, baby. Matt McConkie. We, okay, here's how I know we are getting Jake Wesley Rogers at the exact right moment. Tell me. Okay, uh, Michael Anderson, friend of the show, former guest, creator of Kids Bop and Monster Ballads and all of that stuff. Uh, Man with a golden ear. He, like, two, three times a year will send me uh, uh, a Spotify link or a video or something and just say, this is going to be huge. And he is right 100% of the time. Like, it literally has never been wrong. He picks the hits and he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and there have been times when I'm like, you're crazy. This is a boring song. Why is this going to go anywhere? And it goes right to number one. He just knows, he knows his stuff. Sent me The Middle of Love by mm-hmm. Jake Wesley Rogers uh, a month or so ago and was like, this is going to be huge. Uh, since then, Jake has released uh, even a newer single. There's maybe an album uh, coming soon. We we get, it's a mystery. Might we tease later in the interview? Yeah. But Jake Wesley Rogers is, uh, is Elton John-esque. He makes uh, unbelievably operatic pop music that I think is about to break through. And it has the Michael Anderson seal of approval, so I know it's about to break through. He's terrific and so funny and so sweet and smart and irritatingly young. We won't hold it against him. Oh, my God. Because his music is just so good. Oh, my God. When somebody tells you um, how much they got out of Glee when they were in high school and now they're an adult who's making art that you consume... 
That's that's difficult. That's difficult to swallow. When somebody tells you they were listening to Lady Gaga in sixth grade, it's, it's oh god. So listen, if you are if you are thirty five and up, just prepare yourself for what will be some heavy moments. Yes, um, but. But not, you're in this, in spite of all of it, you are going to love yeah. Rogers. The new song is Momentary. The album's hopefully coming out soon, but you can um, check him out at jakewesleyrogers.com. And, uh, you know, couldn't, can't imagine a better guest for our 200th episode for our bicentennial. Where are you, Jake? I am actually at my parents' home in Missouri. I'm Where a Missouri? bit nomadic right now. Uh, Springfield, Missouri. I'll be damned. I'm from Are you St. from Louis? Missouri? No way. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Two two Midwesterns on, on, on one Zoom. Two Maybe more. I don't know. It's actually three. Ohio. Three? Ohio. Yes. Look yes. at us. Yeah. That's so awesome. tell me about spending Pride Month in Missouri at your parents' house. <laughs> Well, today, no, um, not, not a whole lot. I mean, I, I do love my hometown. I love, I love Springfield. And I think there's this heart here and a community that I found that I felt pretty safe growing up here in a lot of ways. Just There's this really beautiful like community theater here that I grew up going to. And I kind of found this queer community from a really young age. Um, so that's here, but in general, Missouri Pride Month isn't isn't popping off like a like a New York. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is a little tentative in 2021. You know, totally, I don't totally. yeah, it's it's been it's been a Pride Month of the mind. You know? Mm, you you I gotta like find that, that That's shit. How I feel this month. It's yeah, it's it's inward. Um what, Jake, are you listening to? What am I listening to? Um, What's your summer? Well, I might be, I might be crucified. (laughs) I might go to gay hell for saying this, but I've been listening to way more Don Henley than Stevie Nicks lately. And because I've never, I was with my parents and they were like, oh, we can listen to Don Henley. I was like, Don Henley, like, what the, what the hell? And then they put on uh, uh, Boys of of the Summer, Boys of Summer, Summer. that's what the song is. Uh Oh my God. Oh, Jake. Why did no one tell me that's one of the best songs ever? Oh, it is timeless. It's perfect. Timeless. It's so that good. album is perfect. Uh, Sunset it is. Cafe. Sunset Grill, I can't... Jake. Sunset Grill, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sunset incredible. Grill. I, I sound like, like a crazy old person that can't remember song titles. Not at all. <laughs> I know. Well, I was, I, the reason that I haven't chimed in is because I'm trying to think of the song title of my favorite Don Henley song that is uh, about forgiveness. I'm trying uh, to get down um, to the, the heart, the heart of, the of the matter. matter. Are the yeah of the matter, which is in a great movie, I'm sure. I, 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 this is just me saying things that I can. <laughs> but anyway, They're your Don so Henley love is very good. welcome here. Uh, no, you, I can't. Well, I mean, I grew up as like, I mean, I'm a Stevie Nicks. Like, she's my like number one. Like for some reason, I think I kind of wrote it off because I always heard of like the weird drama with like, you know, him being so bad to her and all this, and I just never really like did it. But then I listened, I was like, oh my. God, this music's so good. Yeah. Can't stop listening. So I it think it's my summer jam. Fully, it's yeah. Uh, the boys of summer. Uh, we weren't using this language in 1984 when it came out, but it is a mood. You know, it is fully <laughs> it a is. vibe. 
It's it's sexy. It's ominous. It's uh, I I I love it. I've never not loved it. You can't get sick. No, of it. I. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't listen to like a wide variety of music. I usually tend to go deep when I find something I really like, and I'm yeah. deep in the Don Henley uh, hole. <laughs> that is not a bad place to be. Truly, and I don't think you're going to go to gay hell. I think you might actually be leading the charge for like a, 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 a renaissance, if you will. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> I think you're absolutely this is my right. Renaissance. Yeah, we're reclaiming. Um, we're reclaiming Don Henley as queer people. <laughs> we are, and I actually, I think you're on to something. Not that he is queer, but um, but John Mayer's new sort, his whole thing right now, this sob rock that's coming next month. Um, and his new single and, and just the, the graphic design of the album cover and the and the posters and the billboards, it very much evokes that mid to late 80s guy in his 40s, um, it's like you know, solo eagle moment yeah. in a way that is I, that I cannot get enough of. Uh, the new yeah. John Mayer single is mwah, beautiful. I have so, to say that when people first started talking about John Mayer's sob rock, I thought it was S-A-A-B rock, no, which also, also sounds like a it mood of it. its own. Yes. Separate, anyway, Wait, I, I haven't been following this John Mayer sob rock. Is it S like S-O-B? S-O-B, like yes. music, music to cry to, or S-O-B rock. Like he is, he is sort of notoriously, you know, um, mm. questionable. S-O-B. <laughs> um, yeah, did but not the, treat but, Jessica Simpson well. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. Many people he did not treat well. Um, but yeah, his new single it, it will definitely you'll you'll feel like you're watching VH1 in 1989. It's it's very okay. much in well, it's in this in this area. It's in this category. Yeah, apparently that's where I where my heart is right now. I know I like because I haven't really been writing music right now. I've just been recording and releasing it all lately and yeah i like listening to the don Henley stuff i'm like okay maybe this is maybe this is a hint yeah of where where yes. where my heart is in the future but i, we'll I see. would follow you there <laughs> i would follow you there jake was come come you're um, welcome have you um because it came out friday have you have you um taken a, a dive into the new lord single Yes, I need to listen a million. I love the visuals. I'm all like visuals are everything for me. And Mm -hmm. I felt so happy watching it. It felt so refreshing. And as I don't know, I'm just always refreshed when someone takes any sort of risk in arts and makes something that um, surprises me. Because that's that's what I'm looking for at the end of the day is I just want to be surprised. Yeah. by art and when i feel like when i'm writing when i like when i'm surprised like that's when i'm happiest so um i was surprised by the single so that made me happy and i need to spend yeah. more time with it um i don't feel i feel like i walked away like loving the visuals perhaps more than the song even but that mm-hmm. it could just it, be a song that needs to grow a little bit yeah and i love lord i really do and she's the greatest somebody um, i'm more pure somebody... heroin than melodrama though Oh, okay. Okay. I know, which I, I get in fights with people sometimes about that. <laughs> I understand. I understand. It's it's hot. It's a hot topic. But yeah, they're both, <laughs> both are great in their own way. Someone on Twitter yep. uh, right after the video came out um, uh, put in the audio from a Humira commercial to the video. <laughs> and it like fits perfectly. It looks so oh much. Oh my like God. It, anyway. 
<laughs> it is, yeah. That the the video is is a is a drug in a way. It absolutely is. And made me feel better. I love and also being kind of like a, a low key witch. I love that she released it on the only solar eclipse of the year, and she mm-hmm. said that she's going to release all her stuff around like different different moments in the sky. And I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. Talk to us about your low key witchery. What what yeah. does that look like? I, well. You know, you're, I know this is a podcast, but I do have my witch hat right here. Um, no, no. <laughs> full witch um, hat, but black pointed the whole nine. Full witch hat. Um, no, I mean, I'd say, look, you, I just, I, 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 I'm a sucker for, for. I do tarot. I do. I got my crystals. I got my altar. And, I don't know. It's just, I love it, but I use it really as my, it's kind of my, my, my gateway into mindfulness, really, especially tarot. I mean, I use it kind of as like a, not in like a, what, what's going to happen, but like, what do I need to reflect on right now? Yeah. And it's really accurate. Like for, it's pretty spooky how, how accurate it is yeah. in my life. So was there a I reading today or did you, did you like pull cards today? I didn't pull cards today. Um, I don't every day. When I was learning, I did every day. Um, I I I do like maybe once or twice a week, or if there's ever like a big like, I don't know, thing in my life that I need some clarity on, I'll just kind of pull cards and and meditate on it. It's fun. Nice. I just have fun with it. And like I said, some like there are times where like like holy hell like (laughs) i remember one time when i was learning i did this spread that was like is it the oh there's there's some dogs there might be more um um, oh when i was learning tarot i was like i'm gonna do a spread for the week and i pulled a card for like each day of the week and i remember the beginning of the week uh on Friday, I got the Ten of Swords, which is a pretty brutal card. It's like these Ten Swords in someone's back. Um, and I remember I woke up on Friday and I was feeling pretty good. And I was like, oh, God, like, what's going to happen today? And I'm going to pull another card. I'm just going to, you know, a little clar- clarify card. And I was shuffling. And I swear to God, a card flew out upright and it was a ten of swords oh my god <laughs> and i was like Shake. <laughs> and i honestly don't remember what happened that day um it was so bad all i remember is is that um but stuff like that just kind of happens or cards will follow you um i always try to journal about it or like record a voice memo so i can go back and and listen and it must inform your music too i imagine yes and no um I, I I just I feel like I use it mainly for like just clarity and and, and personal situations or I mean sometimes I have used it before where I'm like oh my god am I done writing this album I don't I don't know <laughs> uh-huh. um, and then it'll kind of maybe tell me or or it won't tell me or it'll tell me something else or mm. you know you take what you can and I don't know I just try to remind people and remind myself that like I think fate is in our hands for the most part. So, and we can be very self-fulfilling. Jake, what did you, um, what did you grow up listening to? What was like the first music that surprised you? Oh, the first music that surprised me. I mean, I immediately went to like Christina Aguilera, like Teeny Bottle. Like that was my, 
Uh-huh. That was my my total jam, like when I was like five. My mom worked in radio and still does. She was like on the air in radio. Oh yeah. So all growing oh, up, cool. I went to like a lot of like she was on like she was like a rock radio DJ. Pretty pretty badass. Like, I was growing up like going to all these like I was in Kansas City. Okay. Okay. Um, what station? Yeah. Um, she was on the rock, I think. Okay. I think that is she she's gonna listen to this and fact check me. Um okay. but <laughs> um so I grew up going to like a lot of like rock concerts. But I feel like my first dive into like oh my music, um like I found this, this is mine, no one told me to love this was like sixth grade and that was like Adele. That's like right when Lady Gaga came out with like the fame. This is a um, very hurtful timeline, but uh, continue. <laughs> sixth grade lady gaga Re- yeah Imagine. well like regina specter too like around that time yeah. um florence and the machine was really big for me in middle school and then like high school is just dedicated to fleetwood mac just just fully lifelong great taste yeah we, but we took a u-turn into the 70s mm-hmm. in high school okay. we did we went from from now to to 70s um okay but yeah, I feel like kind of, but even before that, I think actually the first music that really surprised me was in fifth grade was uh, Mayan Chemical Romance's Welcome to the Black Parade. Like oh, wow. everything about that record. Like it, just, I tried to write a musical like to all the songs. Like I was so in it. Yeah. And the glam, like the glam of it, the like videos, it's, everything i think that's i just realized recently like oh that's probably why i make music the way i make music and do visuals the way i do visuals yeah you're like a like a bit of majesty yeah Yeah. i guess (laughs) yeah you mentioned that your mom took you to a bunch of rock concerts do you know what your first one was my first concert was uh train when i was like three which i don't know for I guess it's a rock concert. I mean, that was like Drops of Jupiter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, heard that song recently. It still kind of goes off. It's, you know what? Drops of Jupiter. (laughs) It is. Have you seen the movie Other People? No. Okay. It couldn't recommend it more highly. It's um, Chris Kelly, who was the head writer of Saturday Night Live, then created The Other Two. Um, It was on Comedy Central. I love The Other Two. It's Best. brilliant. So if you like that, yes. you will lose your mind okay. over other people. You will also cry uh, like you have never cried before. Um, it is it is a very it's a funny movie and it's a very sad movie, but it uses the song "Drops of Jupiter" so perfectly in a way in a way that like very much makes you meditate on the fact that it is the worst song ever written and the best song ever written at the same time. Right. Which is like possible. It's, we, it's absolutely yeah. possible. Yeah, it's crazy. I um, love that. I will definitely seek it watch out. That. Yeah, it, you'll you'll lose it. I'm telling you, you will lose it. Um, but yeah, but that song has made <laughs> it's song, made me roll my amazing. eyes and it's made me cry. It's crazy. How do you and your mom connect over music now that you're doing music? How do you and your mom connect over your music and music in general? Um, I have this thing where if I if I play something new for my mom and she cries, it means it's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's a good song. I did it. Or as if like, I feel like if I'm not able to, to bring up any emotion, I'm like, okay, maybe I need to work on that one. <laughs> okay. 
so she's so i mean kind of like i don't know i started like i started down the the path whatever this path is pretty young i was like 14 or 15 and you know like i think because of because of what she saw like even in radio and being around like label people a lot like she was able to like to get some pretty good advice from people without being like a i mean we joke that she was like a momager but she really wasn't she's pretty chill Uh um but like for instance like when i was 16 like i went down to nashville i lived in nashville for like five years and went to school there and she was able to kind of like help me meet some people at the beginning of that just from from people she'd met over the years so she's always been super helpful um where it was never like a completely like clueless parents like what is my child getting into doing this um i think it was they're able to be pretty realistic about it but be really supportive too yeah what was it like um I, I can't imagine what it must have felt like in sixth grade for a Lady Gaga to enter your your like frame. I, you know, something that, especially as a young queer person, to have something that is that affirming also be like mainstream huge. I, I just can't. It's, I mean, it's yeah. you know everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just like. I felt so free yeah. to be as weird as I wanted to be, right? Yeah. Like, because, I mean, she was, like, even within my school, like, she just had so many, like, rumors about her. I mean, most of them were just terrible. Like what? Um, well, like, I do you remember? Well, and she she would talk about it like i just remember like i'd wear my lady gaga shirt and people would be like she is a penis and like in retrospect uh-huh. it's like so layered like transphobic yeah uh like uh just every just everything it's bad it's bad but like but like all these and like people just you know in my town it was like i think i felt empowered like i feel like i could wear her shirt and i was like wearing this this symbol of like I support this person who you think is so weird and I feel like empowered. And like my mom would take, like I went to her concert when I was in like seventh grade, like it was in a theater still. It was like right after Bad Romance came out. Um, And uh, yeah, my mom was like with me. We were just like around all like the weird people dressed up. And yeah, I, I just, for someone to get up on stage and like affirm all of that, was i don't know i mean representation just matters and obviously she's uh not a queer man but still like to affirm that and to make that such like a big part like i remember in sixth grade when she won the vma uh for video of the year or something and she said this is for God and the gays. And I would be like, mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in sixth grade, you knew that you were one of the gays? Totally, yeah. I mean, that's like around the time. Yeah, it's like fifth grade, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And were and you I, expressing it? Were you talking to friends about it or your family? Um, yeah, there was this theater I mentioned earlier, the like 
obviously everyone at a theater is gay. <laughs> so I was pretty like out there. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't out with my family. I tried to actually come out that year, didn't go well. Um, parents just weren't like, I don't, it just wasn't even on their radar that someone could know that they were gay at 12, which obviously mm -hmm. we know that now. Um, of course. So that, that was tough, like coming out and kind of, and, and basically being told like, you're too young to know that. Um, but then I came out again when I was 16 and they had done, done a, done a bit of heavy lifting and, yeah. and gotten themselves out of some Midwestern Bible belt mindsets. So yeah. I am always grateful for that because I think it does take people time. Um, I mean, I think something I've learned even more recently is like everyone's in their own cages, you know, and like certain things bring them out. And I think me just being me brought my parents out of that cage and we're here now. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. But yeah, those, I mean, those first few years were rough. So any representation really just mattered to me a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's right. When Glee came out too, Glee was out yeah. during middle school, which is, I really feel like so grateful to have kind of, you know, turned to become a teenager during that time. Yeah. Even though it wasn't that much, but it was still, it still mattered. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, when you consider what TV was like just before, it was, mm -hmm. for representation, it was a huge step forward. Um, totally. Was that like, would you watch with friends? Would you watch alone? Was it like appointment TV? Did you DVR? I think my parents have watched Glee with me. <laughs> oh. I think we we did DVR. Okay. okay. Your parents, I just want to circle back to something you said about them. It, so were, was church a big part of your family until you came out? I mean, was that was um, a direct correlation to them, like your family being, you know, part of a church and then not? We, we didn't grow up like fundamental. Um, I was baptized Methodist when I was a kid and we kind of just grew up going to a Methodist church, not like a ton really. Um, and high school, it's funny, like kind of after I came out, I dated a, a preacher's son <laughs> nice. uh, and he was like the preacher of this like cool non-denomination church. And I feel like that's kind of when I like, got a bit into christianity um mainly because that relationship was so tumultuous <laughs> sure. i needed to pray to something <laughs> yeah i needed to pray yeah literally dating the preacher's son is just as much as an of a nightmare as 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 the, the gay preacher's son is a nightmare but um but my parents i mean they they grew up in in more religion than they raised me in um but I think it's just, it all just feels like you soak it in. I mean, I'm sure y'all understand being from the Midwest, like I didn't grow up going to like a Pentecostal church, but like I definitely got my taste of it, like from the people I was around in school and and just the attitude of the culture. Like you just kind of soak it in subconsciously. Yeah. What was What was your high school like? 
Um, I well, I went to high school for two years, and then I homeschooled after that. Yeah. Um, because I just, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't love it, and I wanted to do music more. And for some reason, Missouri, Missouri, I don't. My my friends like to joke that I didn't actually get my high school diploma. <laughs> because <laughs> i think you just had to get it like a uh, notarized like i base i wrote my own transcripts and then got it notarized <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that wow. got me into college so um anyway uh yeah i i i but i went to like a community college basically instead uh -huh. of high school so okay. then i graduated college pretty early and i was always just kind of like i want to get done i want to get done with this i want to get done with this i want to get done with this yeah yeah. So when you possible. transitioned to homeschooling, were you did you did you miss your friends? Did you miss the social aspect of it, or you were just on the track of, you know, moving forward? I think I just want to move forward, and you know, my I really I didn't have like a large group of friends. I still kind of have the best friend, my best friends from that time. So I was always seeing them anyway, and it it just wasn't I don't know it wasn't that much of a leap really. I just, I think it's my, I have a lot of Aries in my chart. So I think I just wanted to get done. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Did it feel safe? Did high school feel like a safe environment? It, it did. It's really interesting. There was this shift in high school because uh, the be beginning of my sophomore year, I um, was on America's Got Talent. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, there is kind of this like, which I don't usually bring that up, but since this is a longer interview, um, it's it's beautiful to come up. But um, yeah, there is kind of this shift of like, oh, when you're on that show, then you're in high school, and everyone's like, oh my god, like you're so you you did that That's crazy, you made it, you know. People telling you you made it when you're 15 is psychotic, but <laughs> threw me through a loop. Yeah. Uh, in a way so kind of most of the bullying that happened was kind of before that and then after yeah. that it was like oh he's a, just a cool quirky singer yeah. <laughs> better, better not mess with him howie mandel will come for you <laughs> exactly i have yeah. sharon osborne on my side apparently <laughs> oh god listen she's someone you want in your corner i wouldn't cross her <laughs> i know um i know so let's talk about uh momentary yeah the the single the video it is uh, both of them are mind-blowing it is oh, thank you. it feels like it feels like a like a 70s like operatic rock moment <laughs> thank you oh uh it's, it's i loved writing that song yeah. um i wrote it with uh justin tranner uh, uh -huh. aaron canada and um we wrote that right before the pandemic, actually. It's like oh, yeah. February of 2020. And um, we were listening to uh, uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh, uh -huh. That's what that song is, right? Mm -hmm. um, apparently, people are going to listen to this and be like, does he know anything? <laughs> <laughs> I know I know some things. Um, but like we were like, like the, the listing of kind of these like fictional um pop culture characters and it's like well what if we did that kind of with, like queer 
characters. Um, and then it kind of just morphed into this, like what feels like to me, like a really mournful, but true expression of what it feels like to love in general, but also to love as a queer person in particular. Um, yeah. And I wanted it to come out during pride month. Cause I kind of wanted to, like you're saying earlier, like even being in Missouri during pride month, it's like, it's kind of this introspective pride month. Like mm. I wanted it to be like a memorial for the people that have paved the way. Um, and just like an honest reflection of like love being hard, but, but essential. Right. Um, yeah. And then the video, I just, I was like, well, I have to be crucified. In <laughs> of course. <laughs> I got to tie it all together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, how did that sit with the parents? I sat between them and, and played it for them. Great. Um, they, they, <laughs> I think they were a little, like, <laughs> there were a lot of words after, but they weren't bad. Um, okay. I think at this point, I think, uh, well, my video I did before this one, Little of Love, I'm like, making out with a guy and and my mom after was like has anyone ever done this before and i was like what like make out with a guy <laughs> <laughs> she's like no and the video i was like yeah people have done this for sure but i think that put in perspective it's like oh i think to a lot of people like seeing queer love just normalized in a music video is really not normal yet no um yeah, it still feels new it still feels new and that was the reason why i did that in middle of love was like Cause we had a couple other ideas for a video, like he's maybe using a drag king or like something like this. And I was like, actually, like, I mean, I grew up, I grew up with Katy Perry having queer people in videos and Gaga having gay people in videos, but it was never like the artists really um, yeah. doing that. Um, and I was like, oh, this is actually really important. Cause like what would have been better even for a 12 year old or 13 year old is to, would be able to see that from the perspective of the artist, from the perspective of the person with the power and the voice doing it. Um, and, you know, and I think seeing that reflected on my parents being like, whoa, like, this is so edgy. And I'm like, or so it doesn't feel like edgy to me. It's like my life. It's like, yeah, I kiss guys. Like that. What makes, that's what makes me gay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's so important. Uh, but the momentary video is kind of this whole other, whole other thing. But it really, I just wanted it to feel kind of like a, a, a funeral um, whereas, uh, the middle of love video is more kind of like a celebration. Right. Yeah. It's still so rare for, you know, it's, we're so used to queer subtext. Queer text is still pretty rare, you know, like mm -hmm. as you were saying, like having, having it be from the perspective of the artist, of the person with the voice, um, and not, and no, no sublimation, no symbolism. It's just like, this is, this is my life. That is still it's crazy how rare that is in 2021. It really is. I mean, there's more and more, like even this year alone has been huge for that, but mm -hmm. um, it, it matters. I was like, no, I just need to like explicitly show what this looks like. Um, and hopefully it will empower the people it needs to empower and maybe rub people the wrong way or the people who need to be rubbed the wrong way. And, but just do it in love too, because I think, that's what's been so powerful to me lately is like, you know, I, I get, I get messages from people, from queer people, obviously being like, Oh, this resonated with me. But I got this message like a week or so ago of this person 
who had heard my song, uh, Jacob from the Bible, I guess it showed up on some Spotify playlist he was listening to. And he said he listened to it and he first really loved it. And then he realized it was like a gay love story. Like it's not a Christian song at all. Um, and he said like, he was like, this was only a few months ago. He said that like, he was like deep in the fundamental beliefs. Like this is wrong, this is evil. And he literally said in the message, He's like, how can something so beautiful be considered evil? And he said, like, that was the moment it kind of switched for him. I was like, oh, damn. Like, yeah, I'm not like, you know, I'm making this music for me and for people kind of like me. But I think the effects of it and the more open artists are in general and like open to receiving other people, like it really, it really can, again, everyone has cages around them and it can take the cages off just by being open. So that's kind of my, kind of my mission, yeah. I guess. So you mentioned, um, you know, you're kissing guys in your videos. Uh, we have to ask, who are you kissing in real life? What's going on in the dating department? <laughs> Tell us everything. Um, absolutely zero. Uh, <laughs> no, I got out of like a five year relationship in November. Okay. And, uh, I had been, I had not been single since I was 16. So I, um, and I'm 24. So it had been a long time. So after that, I kind of like full speed sprinted. <laughs> it's like, I got to make up. I've never, I'd never been on any dating apps. I had never done any of that. So I like downloaded them all. And like in three days, I was like, oh, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> it's yeah, always so. terrible. And you're doing it in the midst of a pandemic. Just an, another layer of terrible. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, why am I messing with these people? I'm not going to go meet up with them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really like, I know this probably sounds cheesy, but the past six months have honestly been like learning to like love myself in a, like a real capacity, not just like, hashtag love yourself but like oh do I actually care about myself and who am I without someone else around me and I think like I keep kind of joking like I'm not going to date someone else for like seven years unless Walt Women incarnate just falls out of a cloud and lands mm -hmm. in my house in that case I would immediately marry him but uh, I think it's going to be a surprise and I think it's going to be like it's 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 not going to be for me, like downloading Grinder at 10 p.m., <laughs> um, which we all do. Of course. Of we all course. do. No and it's judgments. fun, like being in your. No judgments. I'm in my hometown. I'm kind of just like looking at the apps and I'm like, oh, God, like I kind of. Oh, my. I was messaging one person. They were like, oh, I remember you from high school. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Did you like, not remember I, them from high school? I guess not. I mean, I, I didn't. I was only there freshman and sophomore year. I was like, this new. We're, we're just gonna, we're just gonna delete these for a while. So to answer your question, I have not been kissing okay. many people. Well, You're if good. someone wanted to approach you, how how would they do it? How does a Jake Wesley Rogers like to be wooed? <laughs> Ooh, I will say, so I'm kind of nomadic right now. And I like was in New Orleans for a month. And um, I was at this cafe, like reading outside. And 
this priest was so cute and it was like a movie movie thing where like i was just sitting reading and the barista sat down at the table and was like what are you reading and i was oh like my oh my god so i think that's it and that person and i like um i we we had a great time anyway Good. <laughs> okay. no we ended up hanging out a lot um but i think that's the way it's just if you see me reading somewhere just to sit down and well i don't love to be interrupted when i'm reading but if you're really cute and you sit down and you ask what are you reading and you actually care about what i'm reading mm-hmm. and allow me to talk about how i'm reading a book by a um by a catholic monk and why i'm reading that then uh, then you're probably in you know and then if you tell me about what you're reading and i vibe with that then we can probably go on another date <laughs> all right this is good these are good instructions for our listeners <laughs> people are taking notes as we speak absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. so the so uh, barista, new orleans barista that was a moment in time and then when, when you left town close the door on that or i no. we i think i'm actually going to start sending them letters isn't that so gay <laughs> that's beautiful i love that yeah what's better yeah. than the written word uh, what's better than the written word getting um, a letter yeah delicious getting a letter so i think that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send this person i'm gonna send this person a letter um because i don't know i've met like i've met a few people i feel like in the past few months where i've just been really surprised and ha- not all of them have been romantic but just like um oh like we were supposed to meet we were supposed to teach teach each other something because i don't know like having been not single from 16 to 24 it was just i think it took a it took a lot out of me really during that during that phase that should be pretty exploratory um, which i did a lot of that exploratory stuff when i was like really young which is a whole nother can of worms um right. but we're here and i'm just mm-hmm. trying to like figure out what i actually like and what i actually need and finding that in myself first 24 I know it doesn't feel like it. It never feels like it, but it is still very young. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is still a time to to learn about yourself and to explore and, and all that. It's not, you know, that's standard. That's good. Totally. Good Thank you. I mean, there there is like, there is like 15% of me that's like, oh, Jake might just be a monk one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when it gets. <laughs> okay, okay. That might be the influence of the Catholic monk that you're reading. That yes. is true. I'm not saying perhaps the Catholic, but the monastic life or like the hermetic life is always, is always. I've always kind of perked my ears up to that. <laughs> mm, okay. I could I could fare pretty well just just on my own with some books for a while, just studying life. So now, uh, when are we getting an album? Do we know? That's that's the, that's a really that's a really good question. Um, there is an album. I can say that. <laughs> uh-huh. okay. There is an album, but there actually isn't even a date, so I can't even like pretend to lie. So, um, so all I can there is there is one, and there will be one, and there will be more songs soon. They're recorded, okay. so they got to oh. come out. Waiting with bated breath. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, some of my to... most favorite stuff, some of my like favorite, favorite, favorite stuff I've ever made is yet to come out. So, Ooh, nice. really excited. Okay. okay, but for now, we have 
for now we have momentary the middle of love and we have don henley to tide us over mm. and we have don henley yes right. just go listen to don henley jake wesley rogers you are our boy of summer Thank yes. you so much for, for doing this. We are big fans. You know what? This is our 200th episode. So yeah. no way. an extra, extra yes special way. episode. And uh, when we realized that you could be the guest for that, we were so thrilled because mm. just couldn't be more perfect. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. 